Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from. Put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry. Be very afraid. You'll be our number one I'm fan and one get day. carried away. All working, no play, you know it. Always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head Welcome cannon. to head, head cannon. cannon. We have a, tonight we have a very special guest, Claire Saskowski. Did I pronounce your last name correctly, right? Saskowski? Okay, yes. yes. Yeah. Saskowski. So it's good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a long time. I know you from the Chicago improv scene. Primarily, we just worked together at IO, right? Was the prim was the main place we did stuff? Yeah, yeah, Grant. I think we started. We maybe level four classic. Is that when we we met? Does level three or four sound? That sounds right. Sounds yeah. about right. And then and then through grad shows, right? Yeah, that's yeah that that yeah yeah because we were in that last class together, I think. And it's weird because I O does it so differently. Where like every class is different. Where, have you been through Second City's program? Did you go through their their uh, conservatory? I, I did not. The only other program I did was Annoyance. Annoyance. Okay. I haven't done anything at, at Annoyance other than use their bathroom once. I went there. <laughs> there, there was an odd bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Fantastic bathroom. Actually, Mick Napier himself led me to the bathroom. Uh, did he do magic tricks in the bathroom? He, I mean, I feel like... <laughs> that, he, did, he did, but I'm not supposed to talk about him. It was... Okay. <laughs> I signed an NDA. Oh, but, but so at Second City, their conservatory program, it's not a hard commitment, but they really want to, as you go through the whole program over the course of the whole year, they want you to commit to the same day, the same time, so you'll be with the same people at every level of the class for the whole year. Um, That's good. Which is, it has pros and cons. I mean, it's, it's good and bad. You know, you get really tight with those people, but you don't get to know as many people and, and do stuff with as many people, you know? Yeah, and that's how that was kind of one of the things that with annoyance was um, the, the the beautiful thing about that was I went with most of our class went through the whole program together. Some people decided to branch off at some portions just to meet other people because you do you get in the same group. On the one hand, you get really good chemistry um, and you you get that group mind going. You get to know your your teammates really well. But on the other hand, you you know you kind of become this. Uh, this group confined to you know those people uh, so i see both ways i i owe was a lot of different people and then annoyance was one group and i i enjoyed them both so much so right yeah nice nice and do you want to do uh kind of an introduction introduction to yourself kind of who you are what you do you know whether professionally yeah. or improv wise or you know just explain explain yourself to us as you see yourself 
right now. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, on paper, I on paper, I've had some accomplishments, but <laughs> I'm like, they don't really match my personality. Um, let's see. I, I uh, graduated uh, college with biomedical engineering degree. degree. Um, I love science and tech. So much fun. I've actually got a work. I'm on my workstation right now. I have a Raspberry Pi, an Arduino, and like a bunch of electronics because I'm like, you can take MIT classes online. I don't know if you know that for free. And I, I'm I starting to dabble in <laughs> MIT. But um, I graduated from University you just can't of Iowa. Figure out how to do, get Skype to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. I, I don't even think. Yeah, I don't think MIT knows how to get Skype to work. So <laughs> it's, we have, it's working beautifully. It's working beautifully. <laughs> Corey and I are like terrified to touch anything because it just makes everything just like go, shuts off. It's weird. Yeah, it's kind of like Facebook. They're like, we don't know what our algorithms do. <laughs> People can't mention it don't even know what they do. So right. Um, oh, we pulled a bunch of we pulled all the white supremacists together. Oops, you know. <laughs> didn't see that coming, did we? <laughs> right. Damn it, we didn't account for the white supremacists. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, so I, uh, I I graduated biomedical engineering. Then I went to I didn't want to go out to the job. I don't know why. I went to law school um, for funsies. I uh, did that for three years. This was all at the University of Iowa. Um, graduated there. Uh, you have to, I took the bar exams. I did patent law for my first three years. Mm-hmm. Um, small firm, then a bigger firm uh, more recently quit my job about a month ago um because i was miserable like burnt out mental health just tanked like that i mean it's that's for it's a for a certain type of person um, right. the law firm and it wasn't for me so um i've just been kind of taking it easy for a little while <laughs> dabbling in anything from you know my love for electronics and engineering to antiques to Video games, been Twitch. I've been doing it all. So, uh, but yeah, I, I got into the improv comedy scene when I got into Chicago. Started at University of Iowa um, uh, in a group called Janus. Moved here because um, I wanted to be a part of the scene um, and went through Annoyance and IO simultaneously um, and loved every second of it. I, <laughs> it's my passion. There's no doubt about it. There's something about improv, the excitement, the cre- creating, you know, anything can happen type of mindset that just and the teamwork that just um it's every part of it is you know speaks to me so (laughs) yeah there's my introduction nice (laughs) nice well it's good to have you and it's you know there's a weird thing for me because i i I mean obviously patent law is a thing every time you watch a movie you know it has the thing on there but i never but but you don't actually think of it you don't actually think of it like being a thing that people do right so That's but, what I was gonna say. I thought you meant you were gonna say oh, the movies with pat with the patent lawyers on them. I'm like, no, they don't make movies about patent lawyers. Yeah, all all the thrillers about those those thrilling patent lawyer adventures. But uh, but no, but a friend of mine in Indianapolis, one of the people who started Defiance Comedy with me, uh, in Indianapolis, which was my comedy group there. It's they're still going, still doing stuff. But so it was like one of the funniest people I knew there. And then I, you know, I think you're one of the funniest people I've met in Chicago. She worked at a uh, still works, I think, in a, in a patent office, patent attorney <laughs> law office. So it's like, I know two people who have worked in the patent attorney world, and they're both like, I consider two of the funniest people I know. So I have this kind of skewed, I have a skewed view of like, 
<laughs> people who work at patent law offices is being really funny. So your sample size is small, right? But two for two, right? Yeah, it, it might, it might, MIT would tell you I'm not really rocking the scientific method here, but. <laughs> Interesting. That's actually really interesting because, like, you just you you think of the the two the mix. Like, you would think they'd be the most antisocial people, engineering and law, and like, um, it turns out they can be pretty interesting, fun people. Like, who knew? Right, <laughs> right. So, tell us about the movie you chose. So, you brought you wanted to watch Shutter Island, uh, twenty ten yes. movie Martin Scorsese. Uh, so, what what made you choose that movie? I think it was just on one of those, you know, like in your smart TV, you have the bar of movies and it's like <laughs> pops up and it's like, you might like this or it was, it was just random. I, I just saw it and I was like, yeah, I've heard that's a good one. And, um, <laughs> I knew it was a psychological thriller with a twist ending. I did know cause I'd read on a list, like one of the great movies with twist endings or whatnot. Um, so I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good one. I want to watch that. Uh, nice. Leo, you know, he's always good. Always great. So did you did you know what the twist was going into it? I didn't know the twist. I didn't know what the twist was. Mm. Um, I just knew that there was a twist, which kind of you watch the movie a little bit differently when you know there's a twist. Um, yeah. So I don't know if like I would have been as detail oriented had I not had I not known there was a twist. But I knowing that my detective hat went on. <laughs> Pun intended, I guess, because. I think he's a detective, but yeah, I, I like, I became super aware of everything that was going on. So right. I don't know if that's an unfair advantage or not, but right. And now had, Brent, Brent, had you seen this movie before? I saw it when it first came out. And then, um, I actually, this is weird. Claire, did you, you watched it recently. Is that right? Is that what I'm Yeah, just last week? Yeah. Yeah. I think I watched it again for some reason, like a month ago. Um, it's on one, some streaming service. I think it's yeah. on Netflix. So I didn't. I did not. Admittedly, I did not watch it yet a third time because I thought that'd be too many times to watch it. But just <laughs> like you, watching it the second time, you totally like catch all this crazy stuff that is like happening, like kind of behind the scenes. They give you lots of Easter egg. They give you lots of Easter eggs along the way for that nice second watch. Right. Um, this is a great. It's a Scorsese flick, right? Yeah. And they work together on the aviator and i believe wolf of wall street is there other collab yeah. uh they've they've, oh, they, yeah they've actually done five movies together yeah so they did those what else i had them written down here yeah so they did they did wolf of wall street uh aviator De oh departed and gangs of new york was the first movie they did together yeah. and yeah. actually this is the only movie of those five that wasn't nominated for some kind of academy award mm. So yeah, the other the other four movies have were were at least nominated for awards. Yeah. So. You know, I read that they they were gonna make Wolf of uh, Wolf of Wall Street, but the finances weren't available or something like that. So they ended up making Shutter Island first. Yeah. Like those. I don't know. <laughs> no, I read that. No, I thought that was in it because they wanted to do it at Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers kept pushing them back. So Scorsese was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna do Shutter Island with Paramount." So he went and did Shutter yeah. Island, and then I think it was Paramount was like, or no, I'm sorry, he went and did, yeah, he went and did Shutter Island, and Paramount was like, well, you know, if you guys want to do Wolf of Wall Street, like, we could do that too, like, we, you know, we're already working together, so that, so actually Paramount got the deal uh, over, because Warner Brothers was just dragging their feet on Wolf of Wall Street. 
So you know what I've noticed that I think is pretty funny about doing this podcast is like I'll come up with a little tidbit of trivia, be like, no one fucking knows this, and then you're like, oh yeah, 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 I know that, and then you add to it like a shit ton. It's great. I, I think it's funny. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> we know the hierarchy here. I'm allowed trivia. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I may I I over prepare maybe. Which I never thought, I wasn't that kind of student. I never thought of myself as someone who over-prepares, but, but sometimes I do feel like that. But no, my experience was, I, I didn't think that I had watched this movie before, but I felt like I knew, knew some things about it. I was like, yeah, I saw it from previews or whatever. And for some reason I had in my head that one of the first scenes is his, his wife being there and him dragging the children's body out of the water. I, oh, yeah, yeah. In my head, I thought that opened up the movie. So as I'm as I, I started the movie and I get like 10, 15, 20 minutes in, I was like, wait a minute. I have seen that before that. I was like, that scene doesn't open the movie. That scene is the twist. So like about 20 minutes in the, into the movie, I realized that I did watch it probably 10 years ago. And I, I knew the twist, but I didn't go into the movie knowing that I knew that. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Does the movie start out with them on a boat? It's like all rainy. Is that the opening scene? Yeah, yeah. The first scene, he's on a boat. He's like throwing up and like splashing water on himself in a sink. And then he he goes out and meets. That's when he meets Mark Ruffalo on the boss. Or I'm sorry, Mark Ruffalo on the boat. Who Mark Ruffalo is like, hey boss, nice to meet you. Which looking back on it now, once you know the twist, is like weird that they were on this little ferry together and hadn't met yet. Yeah, right? that's when I first was like, "This is weird." They, you just like you, you, you don't know the detective you're on the you're on the boat with, like. Right. Whereas, how did you miss each other on this tiny little ferry? You know, uh-huh. right. but then I also thought it was interesting where he was like, uh, he's like seasick and not doing well, and Mark Ruffalo is like, "Wow, this really doesn't square with the, uh, you know, whatever his name is, Teddy Teddy Daniels, the man, the myth, the legend." You know, which you you think it's because he's heard about this famous U.S. Marshal, but it's really because that's how Leonardo talks about himself, his own character, Teddy Daniels. He thinks he's the man, the myth, the legend. And Mark Ruffalo's like, oh, wow, well, you're, you're supposed to be this big hotshot legend. And you're like throwing up on a little fairy, you know, like. <laughs> but that's interesting. I didn't watch the movie through that kind of lens because I didn't watch it a sec- second time looking about how the other people view him. Right. Well, and that. And that's really fascinating. Yeah, because you go, because the, you know, once they get on the island, the music is really ominous. And there's like, there's only one way on and off the island. The back of it is sheer cliff. (laughs) And like, and and so they get off the boat and all the security guards are, guards are really tense. And they're like, oh, we had an escaped convict. Everybody's like got their, their hackles up. But then later when they go down to the water, they're like searching for the woman on the cliff. All the security guards are sitting around like, like skipping rocks and stuff. that's because they know they're not looking for anybody <laughs> like they're just role playing you know yeah at that point that's that's really interesting isn't it and then before that don't they take their guns away yeah and then mark ruffalo right um the hulk man he's having trouble hulking his his holster out yeah so he takes the gun in the holster out of his pocket and it's, it's sort of like as though he doesn't really know how guns work because he's a doctor, right? Right, yeah, he's, he's not a U.S. Marshal, yeah. Shutter Island is part of the Marvel Universe, right? It certainly <laughs> is. Like, yes. 
Yeah. One. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the experiments they were doing there. They, that's where Captain America was created. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's the time frame. I think. Is it 1954? I think is the, uh, 50, is the yeah. year. 54. Yeah. So a little bit. Oh, which is, I was going to say a little bit after World War II, but that's actually like a pretty big plot point is that it's right yeah. after world war two. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, so they get in and I thought it was interesting. They, they see a plaque that says, uh, remember us too, for we have lived, loved and laughed. Right. I think my mom has that in her kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everybody's mom does. Yeah. It was live, laugh, love, though. That's what it should be. But this was actually, this is from, where is this? Medfield's Vine Lake Cemetery. It's actually like a super old cemetery. uh, First established in 1651. uh, And this, apparently that quote is on a stone marker that was put up in remembrance of people who died in the 1918 flu epidemic, the Spanish flu, which I thought was kind of timely and interesting. Pandemic. The OG pandemic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was out. So so what did you guys think? Did you have any other thoughts about kind of the opening of this movie as they kind of get to the island and get in and you're kind of learning what they're there for and, uh, you know, kind of up until they meet uh, Dr. Colley, Ben Kingsley? Well, there's that shot of that. Oh, do you want to go, Claire? I don't want to. No, you go ahead. go ahead. I'll go after. There's that, there's that lady with like, the black eyes. Oh yeah, and the and the Not slit like the throat. Hit, but like, yeah, her eyes, her, the color of her eyes are black, and she does the the quiet. She goes, shh, you know, the shush. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like as though someone had told her, "No, you need to be quiet. Don't say anything to him." Right. Yeah. That you know, I didn't think. Yeah, that, I'm sure that's what that was. I didn't realize that. That yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I read that online. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the opening, I kind of like. Those were when it's the antennas started to come up, like when the security guards were all tense around like the two detectives coming onto the boat. It was like, okay, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of got like the, okay, these detectives are so not just detectives type, type of a thing. Like, sure, there's somebody escaped, but I don't know. It was really weird. And that's when I started to think, okay, well, maybe those two are patients coming onto the island. Right. Um, I didn't. So then I started thinking, like, well, you know, what did they do? Like, what did, what did they do? How is this going to work? Like, and then the next scene is what was really interesting because I think the next scene, um, when they talk to the doctor, is where he gives it all away. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. Very, it was really interesting. Like, it, it, I don't know the exact words, but we can talk about it. And then I'll, yeah. <laughs> uh, because he, wait, he so he, they go and they meet the psychiatrist. Yeah. And they, they talk about the missing... Um, this this escaped prisoner Rachel Rachel Solando um, yeah they said she she drowned her kids her husband died in the war and it's shortly after that where they're like looking in her cell and they find that scrape of pe- scrap of paper that says the law of four who is sixty seven right right and then before and when they're first talking to the psychiatrist when he's talking about Rachel he starts t- he says he says like we she is living in her own world. And we're all playing a role in it, the milkman or the or the mailman. And that's where I was like, okay, so that's what's happening with the detective's character as well. Right. He is pretending to be a detective, um, or he for some reason for some reason they're all going along with it. 
And that's when I started to like, that was the hypothesis and everything I watched from then was like, is that, is that what's happening? Right. And I mean, lo and behold, kind of, right. kind of, but I thought it was really interesting how they, they kind of, they kind of gave it away real early on. If you were looking for it, I would have never, have, if I wasn't looking for it, I would have never have caught it. I, yeah. But. Well, and all the little clues, like, yeah, having to turn their guns over and the fact that mm-hmm. the, the phone lines are down and there's a big storm and that's why they can't get off the island. Like, there's always a very convenient excuse as to why they're being treated the way they are and they don't have the freedoms, um, you know, a marshal would, why they're being treated like prisoners to, to some extent, you know? <laughs> and the way Leo plays, I'm calling him Leo, like we're neighbors or something. Yeah, you guys are best like, friends, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, first name basis, but I don't know. It's, he's got a long name, so we'll, we'll, if, we'll call him Leo. Leo, yeah. Um, and I, uh, the way he played the character too was a little bit like Mark Ruffalo was the straight man of the duo. Like he played it a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. He played it a little bit like something wasn't right with, and you see that you see him unravel as, as, as it goes. And like, he figures out, you know, what's kind of going on. But even from the beginning, he kind of played it. He kind of played the detective. Um, I don't know. Yeah. He's just, I guess like he, a mental patient would be. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he, he always like seems kind of aloof, right? Like nothing really, nothing right. really ruffles his feathers. Uh, you know, nothing really gets under his skin. You know, so I thought it was interesting that it's a uh, it's a Civil War fort, uh, and they go they go to the guys uh, Ben King or yeah Ben Kingsley's Civil War mansion for cigars and whiskey, and that was a really interesting. He was like, yeah, there was like the general who lived here built this extravagant mansion and then when they when the, when the military found out he was court-martialed for building this oh, like yeah, yeah. ridiculous mansion that they were all in you know <laughs> i missed that i didn't i didn't wander this military money yeah he just like <laughs> built this lavish mansion on on this fucking island i thought that was great just like this weird little detail you know um have you guys have you guys ever been to um to alcatraz i have not no no, Alcatraz, it's a bit like that there. Um, mm-hmm. There's like the the prison, and then there's like uh, all the workers and people that the guards and stuff had their like little community. So like there's like a little strip of like I don't know 1930. I, I, whenever Alcatraz was in commission, but like think of like a strip of suburb, like like a block of suburb just on this little island. Oh right, that makes like it prison guard. So. Is is that the one? I feel like I always confuse it with like maybe Rikers Island or something. Is Alcatraz? Is that the one that's in California? Right, that's like in the Bay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in Bay. San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sean Connery and um. Sean Nic- Connery and the Nicholas National Treasure break in. Right. Yeah. And they got the and then they got the gushers. Like, remember that candy? <laughs> they take the gushers out of the rocket. Right. It's been way too long since I've seen that movie. Oh, I wish that was a horror movie. Then we could do that one. I've never seen it, but it sounds like never seen the, Rock. Of... the Rock with Sean Connery. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. The plans are in my head. Like he knows how to break because he broke out of anyway. That's not this movie. <laughs> that was like that was Nicolas Cage's golden age when he did that. He did Con Air. Like what was that like late nineties probably? 
Nicolas Cage was and in his. Marvel Universe was that one. That was the, that was also in the Marvel Universe. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where Nicolas Cage was actually Superman in disguise. Ghost, Ghost, Ghost Rider. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he was a Marvel character. Story. Yeah, yes, that's where he came from. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so then we had oh, and then we meet uh, Doctor Naring or whatever his name is, played by Max von Sydow, right? Who was in The Exorcist? He was in the uh, uh, the Three Eyed Raven in Game of Thrones, Blofeld and James Bond, Ming the Merciless and Flash Gordon. I mean, you can't can't go wrong with Max von Sydow, right? So can't go anything with a von in it, right? Yeah, von Slap, von Dam, can't go wrong. <laughs> von, <and> von Dam. <laughs> I'm gonna change my name to von Saskowski. Oh yeah, so. shit! It commands way more respect. Yeah. <laughs> and respect <laughs> I demand it <laughs> but no that that guy was great with the uh, you know and I didn't even realize at first because he's like uh, you know men of violence are my specialty and he's being so condescending to uh, to our, our good friend Leo you know mm-hmm. and, he, and he's like excellent defense mechanisms you know and it's it's only looking back at it do you realize you know it's a, it's a doctor patient relationship mm-hmm. and defense oh. I actually have a I, I I've started when I'm watching when I'm watching movies I've I make note cards it because I have like trouble paying attention and focusing I might have ADD I don't know but um I have I have to like write down words and themes of the movie to like stay stay engaged and then remember the movie so if I look at my note card every once in a while just know that's <laughs> no that's what that is that's so dorky i can't just i didn't realize how dorky that was until i said it all out loud no it's fine i've got i've got a whole notepad here see i've got i've got pages okay, in, in my legal okay, pad okay. but oh i've got a contribution to our, our vaughn list yes vaughn halen vaughn halen yeah vaughn halen they sing jump. <laughs> <laughs> jump. Go, go ahead on the jump. <laughs> why, why don't you jump? <laughs> go ahead on the jump. How do you do a guitar solo in German? <laughs> Eddie, you know who would know? Eddie Von Halen would know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> No, that's good. And that's actually, I think this, and the idea for this podcast might have been partly born of, um, so for like many months now, I've been doing, I, I was doing like a regular Wednesday night movie where I would watch a movie on Wednesday nights and then I, I would live tweet about it. Like I would just tweet about the movie mm-hmm. as I was watching it. And I, I don't think, you know, I've, I've, I've got some people on Twitter who follow me, but I don't think anybody was interested or participating at all, hardly in my live, <laughs> live tweeting of these, but I kept doing it because it was something that I enjoyed. And yeah, it helped me pay attention to the movie and retain it and experience it in a different way. So as Brent and I were talking about like how we wanted to change the podcast and what we wanted to do as we transitioned from danger explosion to head cannon, I think that was one thing where I was like, you know, I, I enjoy watching movies in more of this like analytical way where I have to comment on it or talk about it later. You, or at least for me, like I just watch it differently. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to like 
even do some like extra research about it as well. Yeah. Like hearing what other people theor- other people's theories are about things. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of like provided me with like another facet for like taking like any old movie and then seeing like all the behind the scenes. Whereas before I'd always just go on IMDb right. or something like that. But now I'm like, I'll go on like someone's blog and, and see what they thought about the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's where, so after he, we talked with the two doctors there, that's kind of, we get an interesting, uh, I guess it's a dream sequence where he's like remembering, uh, cause he may or may not have actually participated in the liberation of Dachau. Right. And so that's when you get the dream sequence where there are just like papers flying everywhere and there's a Nazi who's tried to kill himself, but like missed. So like he didn't kill yeah. him. He just like shot the side. <laughs> Typical Nazis, just like a stormtrooper to miss. Just like a stormtrooper. <laughs> right? Always. But so instead of killing himself, he just kind of like blows the side of his cheek out a little bit. Yeah. And so it cuts to that. But then it cuts to also part of that dream sequence. I think that's when he he spends some time with his wife played by Michelle Williams and she turns around and her back is kind of hollow and charred. Uh-huh. Right. And then that he holds her for a while and like there's ash flowing around the room. And I also, somebody, one of the things I saw as I was researching this pointed out the similarity in composition to like a, uh, a Gustav Klimt painting where like the, you know, it's a guy holding a woman and I'll, 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 I'll when this episode goes up, I'll post that picture. Um, so people sure. can see. But so, like, that was an inspiration for this. And I also read that there's, like, a Swedish folklore of of a race, of, like, a, a, a magical race called the Holder. And there's a specific creature called the Skogsra, which anybody who knows more about this, please correct me. But they're these, like, little creatures. And Skogsra specifically is a, is a woman with no, a... No, I don't think that... What's that? Oh, no. Did she drop? Oh, she... I was correct you because i actually am an expert on this are you please um, oh. no. <laughs> i i thought you were going to bring the marvel universe back in <laughs> but uh but most of these so skagsra these creatures have their uh women with a hollow back who are like very seductive they lure men into the forest never to be seen again and also there's something to do with the holder and they, they would like watch over the charcoal kilns of charcoal burners back when that was a thing. So I don't know. So apparently Scorsese pulled in, or maybe the writer of the book pulled in some, uh, you know, this, this, the visual from this uh, Swedish folklore, which I I don't know. I thought that was pretty wild. Is this where, um, is this where Gwen Stefani got her inspiration for, is that what it means that you ain't no hollaback girl? Like, yeah. Yes. Yes, I ain't, I ain't no hollaback girl. Yeah, I'm I'm not a uh, not a not a Swedish folklore. I didn't know that was the origin. <laughs> yeah, that's you see you gotta let you gotta let guys know that you're not gonna lure them into the forest and trap them there forever. <laughs> okay, now I now somebody just needs to explain what the bananas mean, and then I'll have a fully complete <laughs> understanding of that song. Right, maybe maybe another movie we cover will explain that. I don't know. <laughs> Man, you know, I think probably for maybe the rest of my life, anytime I hear that song now, I'm going to connect it with I Ain't No Hollow Bat Girl. (laughs) So did you guys, any other thoughts? Brent, did you have any thoughts about that that, uh, wild dream sequence? Um, Only that, like, you know what it kind of reminds me of is, isn't that kind of the premise in, like, Inception? 
I Does just he have like a wife that he visits like in dreams and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That. No, you're right. That is a huge, yeah, similarity. And she's also like trying to get him to like stay there in the fiction, in the fantasy, and not confront reality. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, Claire, you're gonna have to ask Leo about that next time you next time you chat with him. Yeah. I'll have to see what the kind of reasoning was behind that. We don't talk about movies. He doesn't because we don't talk about our work very much. Right. Obviously. Um, I don't know. It's just like we're just buddies. We're trying to hang out, but right. If it's not timing is right, I'll I'll bring it up. Right. No, that's fine. I, I, I wouldn't want to infringe on your hang time with Leo. I don't want you. I can see I'd be uncomfortable to like, hey, let's talk about work. And he's just like, I just want to like, you know. Um, Let it go. You know that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See that. That's interesting. That's an interesting parallel though. I, that's, I, that's a good, a good observation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's, uh, so that kind of brings us to like, oh, so his wife mentions Andrew Latus, right? She's like, Latus is still there. Latus is there. Right. So that's when he has the, the interrogation with first he interrogates a guy who, oh, what is this guy? The guy was talking about, did I write anything down about that? Oh yeah. This man, this guy was the worst. He oh, was, this guy is weird. Yeah. He's this the guy. guy was fucked up, right? What did he, he like cut? He like cut his dad's nurse's face or something. And he was like, she asked me if she could have a glass of water in the kitchen. Like that's no big deal. You know? And, uh, and and Leonardo Leo's like, well, what what do you mean? What do you think she meant? And he's like, you know, she wanted me to take out my thing so she could laugh at it. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this guy is all kinds of uh, he's got all kinds of problems. That logic, yeah, checks out. So then, so this is a really interesting point where he uh, they talk to to Mrs. Kearns, right? He interviews Mrs. Kearns, the woman who killed her husband with an axe. So do you guys have any, any thoughts on this scene? I've, I've got a couple. This I, I thought there was a lot here. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go ahead with that. Yeah, so they're, so they're, so they're talking, you know, he's like asking her all these questions. And at one point he asks her about Dr. Sheehan, which is actually Mark Ruffalo. We find out at the end of the movie that Mark Ruffalo is, is Dr. Sheehan. And Leonardo DiCaprio is like asking her some questions about him. And I, I thought it was funny. She's like, oh, no, he's very nice. He's a good doctor. He would never come on to me. You know, and Leonardo DiCaprio's like, oh, can you describe him a little bit? And she's like, well, you know, you might say he's easy on the eyes and like kind of looks over at Mark Ruffalo. And then and then she asked for a glass of water. And I, I didn't re- I didn't realize what this meant until I was I was researching it later. But I did notice at the time, like Mark Ruffalo goes, brings her a glass of water. She and goes she to drink. She wants to look at his wiener so she can laugh at it. <laughs> Yeah, she, which Mark Ruffalo knew, she just wanted to laugh at his wiener, obviously. Um, <laughs> but no, so he brings her the glass of water, and when she goes to drink it, she brings, mm-hmm. she raises an empty hand to her mouth, yeah. and there's no glass of water there, and then she sets the empty glass down. I forgot about that, and I never thought about it after that. I I, I didn't piece that together, so I'm interested to hear what, what the explanation behind that was yeah well and i guess i guess this is a good time to go into it brent did you have any thoughts about this or leonardo dicaprio's like obviously of obvious aversion to water throughout the movie oh you're right oh shit that must that bet i bet you that's it right <laughs> yeah that must be it okay i'll, I'll go ahead because this isn't anything i came up with i just read it so i no, it's good. Yeah. I, I read other things that were talking about they they had different theories about his aversion to water and how it is uh, because of his, you know, his wife drowned his kids or whatever, which, which, which it is, 
but one thing one thing i read that i think is correct or is a, is a is a it's an interpretation that jives with me is that water represents the reality of what happened it represents who he really is andrew latus and fire represents this fiction that he's created right mm. so like all through the movie you know he has this aversion to water he starts out throwing up on the uh throwing up on the boat and that's why she doesn't have a glass of water in her hand because we're looking at it from Leonardo DiCaprio's perspective. And so he doesn't see the glass of water because he has this aversion to water. Um, yeah. Whereas fire, anytime fire shows up, it's when he's like deep in his fantasies, right? So the first time we actually meet his fictionalized version of Andrew Latus, which is played by Elias Codius, Casey Jones from yeah. the Ninja Turtles movies, another wow. part of the Marvel Universe. Of course, so when we meet him, the camera lo is looking at a fire and then it pans over to Elias Codius. So that's like, that's definitely fiction. He's hallucinating. That's not reality. And it even goes so far as to that, his, that version of Andrew Latus lights a match and lights Leo's cigarette. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. it's like Leonardo DiCaprio accepting that fiction, that fantasy over the reality. Um, Interesting. You also Does that explain matches later on when he meets, uh, the other guy, that Rorschach guy, uh, I forget his name. Exactly. Who's in like cutters. Yeah. yeah, so when he goes to uh to Ward C and meets um Jack uh, Jackie Earl Haley, yeah, who was in Breakaway, you know, Brent and I, I'm from Bloomington, Indiana. Brent spent a lot of time there. So if anyone's not familiar with the movie Breaking Away, it was filmed in Bloomington, some Bloomington love there. But yeah, so when he goes to see Jackie Earl Haley, he's continually lighting matches to try and keep this fantasy, this fiction alive that he is Teddy Daniels, right? So then his matches keep going out. And so Jackie Earl Haley, at one point, his match goes out and Jackie Earl Haley is telling him the truth. You did this to me. Like, you beat the shit out of me. You're Andrew Latus. And then Leonardo DiCaprio lights another match. And that's when Michelle Williams shows up in the pen. And, and now he's back on his fantasy. He's hallucinating again, right? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, I thought, and and too, when he's in the cave, when he's in the cave with Rachel Solando, the fictionalized version of Rachel Solando in the cave, there's there's a fire, right? He goes in there, and she's got this fire going, and anytime the camera cuts but back and forth between them, the fire is always between us and their face. So right, so as the camera's looking at them, you're always seeing the fire lapping up at the bottom of the screen, and then their face behind it. So that's like. Again, he's like deep in the fantasy uh, in that scene. Huh. That's interesting. I thought so. Yeah, it was a, it was a definitely not something you catch on the first on the first watch through. <laughs> no, definitely not. And that's I I don't know that I ever would have come up with that. You know, that's just that. <laughs> so yeah, we meet that woman that that cut her killed her husband with an axe. Uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio says that Latus was a maintenance man who lit the fire that killed his wife. There's a big storm. They go to the cemetery. Uh, we get scenes of him freeing Dachau. And then Mark Ruffalo, in that scene in the cemetery, he's saying they're funded by the, the anti-communist, what was it, the human, oh, God damn, I can't remember it, the H, what, what was it? U-H, H-U-A-C. Something like that, yeah. The, the something on Un-American Commission. Basically, it was like the communist, the, the Joseph McCarthy communism uh witch hunt in in the uh 50s and 60s there right oh the house un-american committee i think is what it is 
Goth on American Committee, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. So that's the, so that's kind of is the... This in, is this in the, this is in the mausoleum? Is this in the cemetery? Yeah, in the yeah. mausoleum. Yeah. Which, which I found it interesting that like, his ability to, and this kind of reminded me, and Brent knows I'm very interested in the, the, the terribleness that is the QAnon virus that has that has been surging for the last few years right this this wild conspiracy but leonardo DiCaprio, like his character kind of reminded me of that like no matter what happened no matter what information he got no matter what he was looking at it could all be seen through this lens of this conspiracy he had created in his head and everything could be explained away through this wild conspiracy he designed that that had no basis in reality right Right. Uh, yeah, he always had. He did always have something to justify it with. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to see where this was when they're trying to get out of the storm. Yeah, and then the guards all pull up. You know, Mark Ruffalo's like, "What if? What if they brought you here intentionally? They knew you were digging into this. What if this is all just a, a ruse to get you here?" Right. Right. Yeah, and this was kind of a pivotal moment because this is when he realized this. This is when he. Yeah, this is when he started to. Uh, realize he wasn't on the island right. to solve this case. Next is something kind of interesting. They get they get kind of rescued, right? Yeah. And the guys they're soaking wet, <laughs> like their clothes are just messed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They put them in like uniforms, right? <laughs> Orderly yeah. uniforms, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was wild. Yeah, and again, yeah, like more and more is like being taken away from him. He's like looking less and less like a detective and i think it's somewhere around here where like they give him pills for his migraine and like lay him down yeah. <laughs> like he's he's like just in a rough spot you know <laughs> but yeah so that's when we get the dream where he does meet uh the 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 fictional version of andrew latus elias codius who lights a cigarette um and that's he also like i think uh rachel Solando, one of the versions shows up there and uh there's a lot that goes on. Those dream sequences are hard to keep straight. I'm trying but, to think of which one that is, yeah, because I, I vaguely remember it. Oh, you know what it is? It, okay, so he wakes up, and it's that version of Rachel Solando played by Emily Mortimer, the one he had met in the cell, where she like she was like, you're not my husband. Who the fuck are you, right? Right. So he dreams about her, and she's holding a kid, and then he wakes up. This is when after he's been drugged because of his migraine. He wakes up. And then Michelle Williams is there, and he's so he's still hallucinating. <laughs> so he th- he's thought he's thought yeah. that he, he woke up, but then Michelle Williams is there, and again I think that's why she's she, that's when she's like, uh, "Latest is still here," and then everyone's freaking out because the generator's down, everybody's escaped, and then that's right. when he heads towards C. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes towards C. Uh, the guy runs up to him and says, "Tag." <laughs> You know, he goes and beats the shit out of the guy. Uh, so what do you, do you guys have anything to say? Uh, you know, any thoughts on that whole sequence before Ward C or once he gets to Ward C? Uh, the only thing that sticks out in my mind is it was funny when he goes to pass the guard and uh, to get to, as he's going into Ward C, and one of the guards, they come face to face. And I don't remember what the guard says, but as the guard's like running away, he's like laughing because he's, uh, I, I think he, I don't know if it was a patient or like what, I, I don't know, but it, it, there was some sort of like nod, like, yeah, he, he's not supposed to be a guard or something. Do you guys, do you remember that? Oh, that part? 
I, you know, I didn't, I didn't it's think about time. it at all. But you're probably right that because he probably knows that Leonardo DiCaprio is a patient there, right? Yeah. So, so he's like treating him as an orderly, but he probably knows like he's playing a role, right? That guard. So he's probably laughing because he's like, oh yeah, be real careful. Like he's like, I know you're just a patient. Like, yeah, I'd have to go back and watch that, knowing what I know to see what what that was all about. Because all the patients were escaping now too, right? I mean, yeah. there was security. The security electronic security was down. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't. So it could have been. A, I it, pro- it also could have been a patient. It could have been, yeah. That's true, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to go back and watch. But that's the only thing that sticks out up until that point for me. And that I thought I could not figure out for the life of me when what's his face the the his envisionment of latest. I swear, I thought it was Christopher Maloney for like I I ten minutes. You know, I realized I had the same thing. Like I I get those guys confused too. I like I was looking up about like I was researching this movie or whatever, and I was like, wasn't that guy in Wet Hot American Summer? And then I was like, oh no, that's fucking Christopher Maloney. Like yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. Another one. Yeah. Other than that, no, I'm I'm nothing further to address. Excellent, excellent. Brent, do you have any thoughts on on Ward C or, or uh, Leonardo DiCaprio beating the shit out of that poor inmate who's just trying to play tag? It's it's got his like aggression kind of kind of popping out, you know, as like a as like a red flag, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely a violent dude. Um, yeah. But uh. Yeah, nothing after that though. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Has he been rewarded yet? No, the warden, that comes a little bit later, because that, oh, well, now he goes to the cliffs, he's trying to get to the lighthouse, he can't get to the lighthouse, he thinks Mark Ruffalo has fallen off the cliff, so then that's, that's when he goes into the cave with the other version of Rachel Solando, played by Patricia Clarkson, um, and they have that whole scene, and then it's after he climbs up the cliffs after that is when he gets the, the car ride back from the warden, yeah. Ah, okay, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, any any thoughts about those scenes, the 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 cave sequence or the the car ride with the warden, which is intense. That's a fun character. Oh, I love that. I love I love that. I love the. I don't know his name, but the guy who plays him, you know, he, it's a, <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, yeah. He Ted. Lu- Buffalo Bill, right? Yeah. Most notable. In Silence um, of the Lambs. I know him from, he played the detective in Monk, and I love that show so much. Okay. Um, but I don't know. His voice is just like. Right. His voice, the way he looks, like he's such a good character actor. Yeah. Um, very unsettling. I loved that part. I loved that character. Yeah. Um, well, and he's just, he's just so like nonchalantly intimidating, right? He's like he's like, mm-hmm. oh, violence, violence is God's gift. You know, we're here to to enact God's violence. I'm a man of violence. You're a man of violence. Like, if we tear down all these social constructs, like, and even what's he say at the end? He's like. If I went to bite your eyeball out right now, would you be able to stop me? <laughs> you know, it's like it's just like wild shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. there must be like a list of, of other like gruesome things he could have said to him. <laughs> right. Maybe there's other things. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, if there's like 30, 37 outtakes of him like trying different shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pull your lower intestines out of your belly button. Right. Yeah, if if I asked you for a glass of water, like it didn't mean anything, but you really knew I just wanted you to pull out your penis so I could laugh at it. Would you be able to stop me? 
scenes and I'm just trying to, I'm, a lot happened there and I'm trying to like remember, I'm trying to remember all that. I do, I do the rats. I remember the rats all came out. Oh yeah. Um, when he scaled that, oh, this is when you, um, he has the paper now. He has the patient the intake, intake for, for the, yeah, yeah. The form, I think, for Andrew Latus. Yeah. Right. Right, and he doesn't look but, at it. Yeah, um, but that because he's scaling down the cliff and almost loses it. Right. And uh, and he's suspicious of Mark Ruffalo, who's the one that got the form now. Because when he right. was in Ward C, the, the guy was like, how do you know you can trust Mark Ruffalo? Like, you know, he, have you worked with him before? Yeah. Right, 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 right. Uh, Interesting. So, yeah, so there's all that. There's the ride with the warden. And so that's kind of when we get into the, the, the back part of the movie. I mean, after that, after that is kind of when he, like, uh, he gives the shot to Max von Sydow, right? He, like, takes out the German doctor. He blows up the car. Uh, he dives into the water to swim to the lighthouse, which, which again, you could see him like diving into the water as him like diving into reality, right? If we still have that like water fire symbolism and then yeah, it's at that point, really, he goes, he goes up to the tower and that kind of takes us through to the end of the movie. Really? There was a line somewhere too. And I don't know if this was, I think this was what's his face in the ward C. Um, it was interesting. He said like, um, the truth or Andrew latest, like you have to, you either, you have to find the, one of them you have to let go, I think, was you either have to let go of the truth or you have to let go of Andrew latest. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think he, I think that was quote, and that was kind of like, okay, well, that's when it's around those times. And then you're like, oh, 67 patients, 66 are, are accounted for there's one more patient well it kind of it's kind of like with that combined with the truth or andrew latest was kind of like well you know leo it must be him right must be our good friend leo yeah they are good our our best bff leo <laughs> um, but yeah that was interesting how that that kind of went on and i also <laughs> Did he at one point go around just screaming, I am a federal marshal? I have. <laughs> I don't recall, but I hope so. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> and he has a bad Boston accent, too. Like, we need to address this. We didn't address it earlier. He has a really bad Boston accent, right? Like... That's, that's Yeah. You know, I'm not as familiar with the Boston accent, but yeah, it's it's not a not a clearly Boston accent. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, but I didn't even necessarily peg it as a Boston accent. I was just like, Oh, he's kind of talking weird. <laughs> I don't even know if they say where he's from ever. Like maybe that goes, maybe that's, maybe that comes with like the, the unraveling of everything that we're coming to maybe. where we find out about his past. Yeah. I don't recall. He was probably trying to do a Boston accent and was just doing a terrible job. You'll have to talk to him about that. Next <laughs> Tell him to get his accent straight. <laughs> Those are hard. Those are hard ones. Only Matt Damon and Ben Affleck can actually. It's been proved that only Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, and Ben Affleck can actually do authentic. That's Boston true. Accent. Yeah, yeah. They're the only people. Yeah. <laughs> not even not even people who live in Boston can. There's not even. Boston. They're all a little off. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's when he goes to the top of the tower, and 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 basically they try to confront him with the reality at that point right they show him that andrew latus is uh is a, what's it called an anagram of 
Teddy Theodore, whatever he thought his name was, and that Rachel Solando is an anagram of his actual wife's name. Interesting piece of trivia. I read that, although, you know what, I looked into this though, and it doesn't quite match up, or does it? Yeah, because there's an extra S. Anyway, somebody pointed out that Shutter Island, Shutter Island is an anagram of truth and lies, or truth, truth slash denials, which it is, except for, I, I like, I, I, I worked it out, and there's an extra S. So there's, I don't know, maybe, there's a flaw in that logic, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they never really talk about why it's called Shutter Island, right? Do they? Like, it's, I mean, it's creepy, but that's about, that's a creepy name, but that's about the extent of, why, that I can think of why it's, Yeah. they don't ever use the title of the movie in the yeah, because because the, the facility has a different name, right? The facility, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. should be cool in every movie. In every movie, they should say the title of the movie, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Wait, the, didn't we talk about this last? Did I, did I, that, that happened last episode, I think, where I mentioned that was like a Family Guy. Oh, okay, you know what? It's because I said I said the word annihilation, and oh, when okay. we were covering the movie Annihilation, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But so yeah, that's when you It's also Shutter, S H U T T E R, not Shutter, which is like the right, like the like the tremble type, yeah. scary chills type word. Yeah, yeah it's Shutter. It's shutter cheese. is like you're closing the shutters, opening the shutters. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't know where it comes. But I think that's the. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's the name of the novel that it's based off of is Shutter oh. Island. I think. Okay, and I didn't know it was based on a novel. Yeah, and it's the guy who wrote it, uh, with Dennis Lehane. He also wrote uh, the the for what turned into the movie Mystic River and uh, Gone Baby Gone. Speaking of Ben Affleck, but yeah, okay. he also wrote for The Wire for a season or so. So, but yeah, so that's when he he goes up there and they're trying to confront him with reality. He tries to kill Ben Kingsley with his plastic gun. Uh, before he realizes it's a plastic gun, he can snap in half, right? <laughs> Mark Ruffalo comes in. They kind of they kind of show point it all out for him, and then that's when you go to the flashback of him coming home and Michelle Williams has killed their three yeah. children. Which, oh my god, dude, that's a that's a rough scene. That's hard to watch for me. It was. It's, it was because it, it's like it's this. It, what makes it so partly so chilling is it's this beautiful day, and like I think that they have the record player, and that's playing multiple times throughout the movie. There's some sort of thing with the record player because they, they there's many scenes where it's just like a close up of the record player playing a song, and I don't know if it's the same song. Yeah. But then when they're at the lake house, there's just I think there's a record playing, and and it's a beautiful day, and it's just like. You know something so often. Those scenes are always the just the worst because they're so. The juxtaposition is just so like jarring. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is why I I thought I didn't even realize I had seen this movie before, and that scene stuck with me. <laughs> you know, like I was like, oh, I kind of remember this scene. I think probably I saw it in a trailer or something. You know, but. Yeah. So why? Yeah. So. I wonder if the movie started that way. <laughs> the movie. You thought the movie started with that scene. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's just no mystery at all. You're just... You're... No mystery. <laughs> well, somebody... There's a movie called uh, Dark City. Have you ever seen Dark City? Uh-uh. 
it came out like late 90 late 90s early 2000s i think um and people kind of compare it to the matrix because there are a lot of similarities there but but the thing about it is that movie there's a version you can get when they released it in theaters there's a narration in the beginning basically telling you what's going on in the movie and ruining any reveal because i think the studio is like oh, this might be confusing people aren't going to get this we need to like we need to front load this with some explanation and so they do <laughs> and there's a version you can get without that where the movie unfolds and you like kind of figure it out as you go along the, with the movie but the way it was released in theaters there's like he narrates the beginning is like so this is what's going on here <laughs> it's like totally ruins any <laughs> You know, any experience you might have with the, it would be like Leonardo DiCaprio narrating this. Like, so there I was, unaware that I was a mental patient at Shutter Island. I thought I was a detective. You know, I should have been like, who's the guy from Full House? Um, who Dave Coulier? No, Bob Saget. Bob Saget, but like as his role in America's Funny Film Videos, narrating a video. How I Met Your Mother. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I want to see that version. Right. When you talk about headcanon, then I want to see that version where, where he's just narrating from the beginning, like... Right, with the Bob Saget intro. <laughs> nice. So, then, so yeah, we, so then we've got that terrible scene. Uh, she's like, yeah, we'll take our kids, we'll bathe them, we'll have them be our living dolls, like... All this wild shit uh, before he yeah. shoots her and kills her. And then, so that brings us to the last scene, basically, where they think he's healed. They think he's accepted reality. And then Mark Ruffalo goes to sit on the steps with him. And he's like, ah, Chuck, we got we to gotta get out of here. We know, they're, we know they're coming for us. Like, they'll never figure us out. We're too smart for them. And then he goes off to get his lobotomy, right? So what did you guys think about the, the very end of the movie? I thought it was like really I liked that because my interpretation was that he wasn't my interpretation was that he did that on purpose because he didn't want to live with like yeah. knowing what he knew right like he wanted the lobotomy yeah so I, I agree with you movie, yeah yeah and I like the way they did that it was like it's very subtle but like because you could argue either way, yeah. I suppose. And I don't remember what the exact dialogue was. Yeah. But... Well, he, he, well, he does say to Mark Ruffalo, he's like, uh, he's like you know, Chuck, uh, which would be worse? You know, oh, he was like, a place like this makes you wonder, would it be worse to live as a monster or to die as a good man? And then he walks off and Mark, Ru and Mark Ruffalo's like, wait a goddamn minute. You know, he like stands up and he's like, hold on a second, you know. So, yeah. And he smoked a cigarette. Is there a match lit then? I don't know. It was like... Because I think Leo was smoking a cigarette, and I don't know if there was like. That's a good question. I think maybe, I think Mark Ruffalo lights it for him. Interesting. So like he's yeah. choosing. Like, I kind of. I mean, if we're going with that, it would be kind of an interesting. Because fire was the denial. Fantasy. The, yeah. So maybe he's accepted. Yeah, he's like accepting the fantasy. Yeah, I could see that. That track. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but I, I agree. That was my read on it was that he he does know who he is. But yeah, he's choosing the lo lo the lobotomy instead of like having to live with what he's done. Yeah. So I've, I've learned about this in the past, but I've I'm totally my vocab and recall is off, I'm sure. But 
in a lobotomy, are you severing the space between two hemispheres of your brain? I, I, I don't know the logistics of it. I know they like, as described in the movie, they stick an ice pick in your eye and slush some shit around until your personality is gone. Is basically, I don't know exactly what they do though. <laughs> like you're adjusting an antenna yeah. on the top of an old TV. <laughs> right, yeah. You get a better reception. Well, you can, is that how you do that? Oh, well, <laughs> I wish I would have known. <laughs> and so are you just like a drooling shell of a person afterward? Or do you have some, are you able to talk? I'm going to look this up. You should. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just a removal of a part of the, a certain part of your brain that is the problem area not like, there are you know not that your brain isn't completely interconnected and that any one area like maps to something but i think they may i think they take out the memory um they somehow remove i thought I, I thought it was the frontal cortex but i don't i don't i forgot yeah i thought maybe they explained it but maybe i was just switching around. Yeah. They, yeah they said something about something about scraping nerve the way they describe it in the movie is like scraping nerve endings yeah. or like loot severing nerve something like that but I, I i don't know how a lobotomy works no yeah and, and don't don't accuse me so don't accuse me of performing back alley lobotomies okay what's that do you need a do you even need a degree for that uh not well no no it's it's illegal either way. So, which is obviously why I don't do it for any federal officers who may be listening to this podcast. I know nothing about lobotomies. <laughs> but but so let's, so did you guys have any other headcanon about the movie? I think Claire was that your uh, what was your headcanon you mentioned that that Bob Saget? Yeah, narrating it from the beginning. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> I just want to envision that. I, I want to see what that would look like. Yeah. Yeah. I would, t- I would absolutely watch a version of this movie with Bob Saget narrating. Yes. <laughs> I would do it in the, how I would, I, for me personally, it would be in like, uh, and how I met your mother format. Um, and, and yeah. that would be <laughs> right. <laughs> it's him sitting as, Oh God. No, right. say, it's him si- sitting his dead kids down, <laughs> their lifeless like bodies. <laughs> so kids, yeah. this is this is how I killed your mother. And he just he just works their jaws. To, hey, Dad, what's what happened next? Like a ventriloquist? <laughs> they all have yeah. guns in their hands. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yep, that's my headcanon. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How, how about you, Brent? What's your headcanon for this movie? Well, I thought about it today on my drive home from work. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be interesting if because I've got children, and when I see the children's stuff, I'd, it's kind of creepy to me. Yeah. So, so check it out. I was thinking, instead of kids, what if it was, like, pets? Pets? She, just, she drowned their pets? Well, no, I was thinking, uh, that was where I first started, and then I thought, well, what if it was fish? 
<laughs> and so wait, so she just released their fish into a pond? No, no, they're in a tank. So then there's no, there's no problem. They're on the floor of their living room. And oh, it's a reverse drowning. I see. <laughs> so their kids are fish, yeah. and they. She just put the. She just put them on the floor. She took them out of the tank, and put them on the the carpet. Oh man. Okay, nice. I dig <laughs> it. <laughs> I dig it. I think. I think my headcanon is going to be that that Leonardo DiCaprio goes, and he gets lobotomized. And then, but, but what they do is they, they just turn him into a different person and they turn him into maybe one of his other characters from another movie. Like maybe the, uh, the racist plantation owner from Django Unchained or something. Right. So, so he just comes back and he thinks he's that guy and he's like, I'm Calvin, whatever. And they're like, no, you're Andrew Latus. And he like, you know. He's like, but I live in this giant mansion. They're like, no, this is the fucking assailant asylum. Right, right. This was built during the Civil War. He's like, I know, I built it. Yes. <laughs> well, because they had done that reality twice already, right? The, ex- the the experiment, experimental drugs and rehabilitation. This was like the second time they performed that whole thing, right? Yeah. Not I, with the lobotomy, the, with the psychopharmacology. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had done drugs before. Yeah, and they said he had a breakthrough before, but never this 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 was going to be his first lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. You All can't right. like reverse that. You know, it's not like um, <laughs> what? like an elective surgery. Right. You can't like reverse a lobotomy. Like like you can get like a vasectomy reversed, right? But you can't. But not a lobotomy. No. You can't sew your brain back. No, you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together then, no. No matter how many horses you put on the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, we're, we're bumping up against time. We like to keep it at about an hour. One, Just one little interesting fact I was going to mention is this was almost directed by David Fincher before it went to Martin Scorsese. And three of the people, three of the actors in this movie were also in the David Fincher movie Zodiac, which is a, a really good movie, I thought. Um, but Mark Ruffalo... Uh, John Carroll Lynch and uh, who's the guard at the very beginning and Elias Codius are all in Zodiac. So I don't know. I thought that was all that was interesting, you know, because I, I watched seven right before this movie. Was that a David Fincher movie? Uh, that is David Fincher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. He's, yeah. He's a, yeah. I think, yeah, I think his version would have also would have been different, but also good. I think. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. cool. Yeah, nice. Well, great having you on, Claire. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This was a fun movie. Either of you, and this is the point where I don't know if you, you know, if you want to plug anything or mention anything or share anything with the people where they can follow you, or if you'd rather not have people follow you, that's fine too. But yeah, anything, anything you want to say before we get going? Uh, I don't. I don't think there's anything. I mean, none of the stuff I do is really that influential. So. <laughs> Uh, how about you plug this podcast? Because I don't. What, I, I, where can we find this podcast? I'm asking for me. That's because I want. It, it it releases <laughs> tomorrow. The the first episode will be tomorrow. Um. So. Oh, it's it's just starting. Yeah. So so when yeah. when people listen to this episode, it'll be a few months after the the show will have dropped in the past. But for you, it's tomorrow. Right. Um. But it's it's called Head Cannon, so you, people can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, 
um, Instagram, uh, look up Headcanon. On Twitter, we're at Horror Movie Pod, and Reddit, the subreddit is r slash Horror Movie Pod. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well then, yeah, that's that's great. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Like, if I guess my only plug would just be like, go see theater, go see yeah. shows, yeah. improv. If you like improv, I think. I think, uh, you know, the annoyance is going to be popping pretty soon again. Um, Second City and uh, there's a new theater. I'll plug it because it's it's um, I'm not involved in it, but I'm super excited for it. Mm. Um, it's called the Stepping Stone Theater. And I don't know if you know, um, that's, that's kind of uh, born out of people who are part of uh, IO and Second City. Uh, Julia Morales, I don't know, Charlie Carroll. Okay. Um, they they, uh, they started this theater. It's not yet up and running, but it's going to be soon. And so that's go see theater. This one is specifically focused on like diversity and LGBTQ plus. So it's I think it's going to be one of the new one of the new established theaters, uh, which is super improv theater. So which is nice. super exciting. Yeah, so theater. Awesome. Um, I think that's the website. If you want to donate to that awesome cause, then please do. But other than that, I don't have anything else anything else going but thank you for having me so much this has been so much fun and it's great to see you i can't wait to see you in person again right yeah uh, soon yeah yeah we'll absolutely make that happen soon yeah on next week's episode we're going to be covering the 1982 movie john carpenter's the thing so be sure to check that out before next week this has been head cannon <laughs> <laughs>